Welcome to the Salvatry Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today, we are going to break down and take a look at this Thursday night football showdown slate for the NFL Week 14, DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, FanDuel, whatever it might be, slate between the Baltimore Ravens, led by MVP candidate runaway right now, Lamar Jackson, against eh, not quite the same Sam Darnold in the New York Jets. So before we get into it, welcome to my channel. If you are new here, I appreciate you being here. My name is Sal Vetri. I cover daily fantasy sports in a variety of different sports. The NFL right here you are seeing and NBA on a daily basis if you want to check out those videos. I do appreciate it. If you hit that five-star rate and review on the audio version and also the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed and a little way to entice you over here on YouTube is if you leave a comment down below, who is your favorite play below $5,000 on this slate? Favorite person to roster below $5,000. Leave that comment with your Twitter handle or your PayPal or a way for me to contact you. And on Friday's final thoughts video for the NFL week 15, slate that video. I'll announce a winner. I'll compile all the comments from this week. So you must be a subscriber. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. I will only be choosing subscribers who use that comment. Who is your favorite player below $5,000? Check out my exclusive content over on Patreon. That is also linked up down below. And if you are interested, I'm going to be ending, uh, running a sale on my daily fantasy course for the NFL season. An NBA one is going to be coming out soon, working on that now. But an NFL one, if you are interested in getting a the sale for currently 66% off. Let me know down below in the comments and I will send you the link, the coupon code link to that. So check all that stuff out. You can follow me on social medias as well. That being said, let's get into the showdown video. And remember, hit that subscribe button on the podcast version as well as over on YouTube. You all freaking rock. So Right now I have, it's interesting, it's tough to judge this slate as I shoot this video on Tuesday night because we still do need some injury news and some things might change. It seems like Mark Andrews is going to suit up and play. He had some sort of bruise that wasn't as bad as it seems, so he's probably going to play, although not practice in any full capacity this week. Le'Veon Bell's illness, they said he could have played on Saturday. He was begging them to let him play, but he didn't, so it seems like he'll play on Thursday. But Bilal Powell has not been practicing yet this week. There's a good chance he misses the short week. Ended up getting nicked up towards the end of that game in week 14. So Ty Montgomery will probably act as the primary back, or at least that's that's how I'm approaching this slate behind Le'Veon Bell, who should resume taking on his full responsibilities. But outside of that, there's no major news on the offensive side for either of these teams uh, outside of the Le'Veon Bell status, the Bilal Powell. Mark Andrews, and oh, lastly, Ryan Griffin, uh, he is going to actually be questionable, probably a game time decision for this one. If he was to miss, Daniel Brown, backup tight end, would fill in. He ran 20 routes last week after Griffin left after running just a few routes. Daniel Brown saw two targets um, last week, caught one pass for seven yards. Likely a little overpriced at $2,000 regardless of if Griffin is in or not, but at least worth a flyer if Griffin would be out in this tough matchup against the Ravens secondary. So starting at the top, I have four yeses in terms of, as of right now, they're definitely uh, probably more of priorities for the slate. Lamar Jackson, 13,800. Last time he was on a showdown slate, he was 13,000 plus. He's expensive. You probably can't roster him as a captain. If you do, you need a lot to go right at that price point. You're just not filling out the rest of your lineup with many great players. On this slate, honestly, there's not many great players to want to choose from. A lot of the guys are overpriced that are in bad situations dealing with health issues or, again, just clearly overpriced for what their workload is probably going to be. So usually I don't play any quarterbacks above $11,000 on most slates. Lamar Jackson is not any quarterback. If it's not throwing for five touchdown passes like he did on the last showdown slate, it's running for 100-plus yards. And at the end of the day, there's only like 15 to 16 to 17 viable players who can be in a winning lineup on a showdown slate. 
maybe 18, depending on the slate. In this one, I think there's probably around 18. Lamar Jackson is by far the one who has the highest ceiling. He has the highest floor. He's going to put up a 20 spot in this spot probably somewhere around 80% of the time. And if he's going to go out there four to five times and put up at least 20 fantasy points, it's really hard for me to get away from that on a slate where you're just trying to score the most points and there's very few options that are going to replace his value. So averaging close to 29 fantasy points per game this season, Lamar, without a doubt, is a guy that I'm going to get in any sort of game mode. Putting him in the captain spot is still a question that I have to answer for myself, depending on where some of this injury news settles out. You probably force yourself into a kicker uh, and then a couple of low-end plays. So I'm not totally away from it, but Lamar has to be rostered in most utility spots, in my opinion. Ravens defense at 5,800 is in play. Look, 14.5-point home favorite. The Jets only have a 14.5-point total. I don't remember the last time I saw a team total being the same as a spread. That in the in the NFL, that is insane. Fourteen and a half team total and a fourteen and a half favorite the spread for the Ravens here at home, and you just get such a great secondary here. The secondary is just only going to improve the pass rush. The fact that they're huge favorites that is also going to improve the pass rush. If you're not familiar, when you're ahead by one to two scores, even more three scores, you can just blitz so much more. You don't really worry too much about a big play burning you at that point. It helps your secondary out, and it obviously helps you get to a quarterback who, in Sam Darnold, has been making a lot of mistakes this year. All the um, Jets wide receivers have, by far, really, really negative, both at all three of them at least 15% negative uh, compared to average advantages against these cornerbacks from the Ravens. This is the third best secondary when healthy, in my opinion, if not second best secondary, right up there with the uh, 49ers and the Patriots in the league. Justin Tucker, the kicker for Baltimore, 4,000, has a nice implied total in terms of his overall over-under for points in this game. Much better, as you would imagine, just based on the fact that his team is implied for twice as many points than the Jets kicker Sam Ficken in this one, but they're only $200 apart, so I much prefer Justin Tucker here. And at $4,000 in a slate where there's a lot of guys overpriced and you need to find value, I like the upside of Tucker, who's averaging 9.6 fantasy points per game. That is a lot. That leads all kickers this season. Uh, just for reference, Sam Ficken on the slate, only 5.9. So averaging about three and a half, four more points per game than the next kicker, who's only $200 less. He, Or in other words, he's only $200 more. Give me Justin Tucker there. I feel really good about a 10 plus point performance here. He would be the kicker that I would get to more so than not, more times than not. Ryan Griffin, if he does play, is only 2,200. Seems like the best value play in the slate in terms of he'll run 30 to 35-plus routes in this one. He has a neutral matchup against Brandon Carr in the secondary. Uh, all the Jets' pass catchers are in brutal spots. He probably has the best of the bunch. If he does suit up and he is healthy, 2,200 is one of the better, if not best, value plays on the slate. Now my maybes. So out of these maybes, those are my four yeses. Uh, these maybes, I'm going to have around seven or eight of them, starting with Le'Veon Bell at 9,400. Man, it's just hard to recommend a guy who's a 14.5-point underdog on the road on a short week where he's been dealing with an illness, but he's $9,400. So what are you getting here? 12 carries on like average as a more than two-touchdown underdog, right? I don't know what else you can expect. You're pretty much betting on and banking on his passing game involvement to be huge and then also touchdowns. His passing game involvement at 9,400, even say he has a, and his yards per carry this year is around three. So let's just say he has a good game, 12 carries for 50 yards, right? Above average, which doesn't seem likely against this around average it's 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 16 or so um in the league 16th uh, rams defensive line against the run but 12 for 50 would be a good game on the ground right over four yards per carry definitely better than a season average but then you're banking on a lot to happen in the receiving game seven eight receptions for 50 60 yards at that point you're starting to get to that 16 17 18 probably the magic number you need at 9400 to make Le'Veon Bell pay off, especially if you're rostering Lamar Jackson. So I like Bell's upside because these receivers for the Jets are in brutal spots. Maybe it means he sees more dump-off passes. Maybe he can find his way into the end zone. But at 9,400, I'm a little bit skeptical. 14.9 fantasy points per game this year for Le'Veon Bell. 
Mark Andrews is dealing with that injury, only running 15 routes per week, even if you take out last week's injury game, uh, through the last six games that he's played the full game in. Uh, he's likely to practice in some variety this week, but not a ton. 8,400 seems a little bit steep. Now you're banking on the red zone upside, but what if Mark Andrews catches four balls for 40 yards and a touchdown? Is that 14 points enough at 8,400 to fit the puzzle pieces together? I'm not too sure. So I'm a little bit skeptical also on Mark Andrews at that price point. You're starting to see the trend here. Outside of Lamar, so far, these guys who are priced up have a lot of holes in them in a lot of ways that they don't pay off their price tags because Lamar is so expensive. So now they don't need to just score 12 to 14 to work out. They need to get you 15, 16, 17 to be jumping other players to fit into that puzzle piece for you since Lamar is so much money. Marquise Brown is in a matchup. He has a positive 13% matchup against Austin. The only concern for Marquise Brown is last six games, he's only averaging 17.8 routes run per week. And over that time, averaging just three receptions for 32 yards per game. Now he has three touchdowns over that span, two in one game, the last time that they played on prime time. But man, is it brutal to want to pay $8,200 for a guy who more times than not in this matchup sees five targets? Like as 14 and a half point favorites, I doubt Lamar Jackson is throwing more than 24 times in this one. He's going to throw out of those 24 times, half of them to his three tight ends that he uses if Andrews is active. And then he's going to sprinkle the rest around between running backs, get two or three, nine targets to go around between the four receivers they use in this offense. It just leads to Hollywood Brown's upside at 8,200 being on big plays. Uh, And yes, this Jets secondary is definitely susceptible to them. So out of all these guys who are priced up, Bell, Andrews, and Brown, maybe you take your stab on Brown. You're just going to get more volume out of Bell. The guy who kind of is the odd man out for me is Andrews. Again, a skeptical player at this price point. Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst, the tight ends who would benefit from, from Mark Andrews sitting, although it doesn't seem like that. I like Nick Boyle over Hurst for only $200 more. Look, he's running over, he's running about three routes more per week over the last three weeks. Um, he has three more receptions during that time, one more yard and one more touchdown. So they're very much similar, but he has four more targets. He's the leader in snaps on this team. He's more attractive if you get no Mark Andrews, of course. But if Mark Andrews is in, I would prefer Boyle over Hurst for a similar price point. He just has more usage in terms of snaps. And a lot of the production from Hayden Hurst came last week once Mark Andrews went down. He has 145 yards over the last six weeks. That's fine for a tight end, but 73 of them, half of them came last week. So if you take that one out, he only has 72 yards over the last five weeks. And that's not that great. You're looking at about, what, 12, 15 yards per week, the five weeks prior to that, whereas Nick Boyle's production has been more stable seeing about three targets per week, as opposed to Hayden Hurst seeing about two or three, and most of them not resulting in anything aside from his long touchdown last week. So Hayden Hurst, for me, he's only in play if Mark Andrews is out. If Mark Andrews is in, I'm just going to go to Mark Andrews in some spots, probably not many, but prefer Hayden Hurst um, or, or prefer Nick Boyle over Hurst. So right now, Hurst is an interest, but again, if Mark Andrews is indeed ruled in, which it seems like he will be, I won't have much interest in Hurst. Sam Ficken, the Jets kicker, 14.5 point total. There's not much to like here at 3,800. Uh, you should be getting to James, uh, Justin Tucker. I'm actually going to make Sam Ficken a no. Uh, the only reason that I do kind of like Ficken is if, look, if they end up scoring nine points in this game, six points, and it's all by field goals because they can't move the ball all that much, but they get it close enough to at least try and put some points on the board, keep it respectable. That's why Ficken stays in play because he hits two 40-yard field goals. He's got, he's like, car opens it up. He hits two 40-yard field goals. He's got eight points in your lineup at that price point. So as a kicker, I'll just leave him in. We'll take the finger off the trigger. Vincent Smith at $600. He's just a flyer. He's running 10 routes per week over the last six games. Uh, Five catches, 102 yards, and 11 targets on 11 targets over that time. But the last two weeks, you've seen him spike a little bit. 15 and a half routes run per week. Stable about 16 routes these last two weeks each. I believe exactly it was 17 and 14 or 17 and 15. Um, So now you have him, or 16 and 15 is what it was the last two weeks. He caught three balls for 60 yards on five targets during that time. 
you're probably not going to get much here. Even if he catches two balls for 20 yards, those four points at $600 probably aren't enough to win you anything. You need much more. The good news is 15 routes run at $600 is at least worth mentioning for this video, playing about 30 to 40% of the snaps, acting as the wide receiver four. Again, it's a brutal matchup. I probably wouldn't roster Vincent Smith, but for the people who love to search for these just 100, 200, or like the 200, 400, 500, 600 plays, uh, he would be the one, if anything, but again, don't really recommend him. Mark Ingram at 10,400. Man, a lot has to go right here. And it happened for him on the last showdown. It's like, right? Catches a touchdown, gets one on the ground. He had a big day. 10,400, the second most expensive player in the slate. Um, so far, what you're seeing out of him is 16.8 touches per game over the last four. He's had a reception in all of each of the last four games at least two receptions in three out of the last four, and he had three receptions in two of those games. So that's good to see him getting a little bit more involved in the passing game. Not a ton, but two, three receptions. That's at least worth mentioning. 15 touches is pretty much like an average number you get from him here. Maybe you get to the 16, 17, 18 mark. I think Gus Edwards starts to see a lot more work and Justice Hill before they give it to Mark Ingram. They feel pretty confident just giving Ingram 15 carries, giving him a reception or two. So at 10,400, he's in play. A lot can go right for him, right? They're going to be in the red zone a lot. They're probably going to run the ball close to 40 times in this game with Lamar, Ingram, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards. He's just not a priority at that price tag because if I'm rostering Lamar and then I also roster Ingram, I have nothing left over and at that point, you're hoping for what probably happens is an onslaught, but you're hoping for Lamar to have three plus touchdowns and Mark Ingram to have two plus touchdowns for it to work out for you after that, because you're probably only fitting Ryan Griffin, Justin Tucker, maybe both kickers you might have to force in there. And at that point, it just capture upside. And lastly, Gus Edwards at 4,800, 7.2 touches per game over the last six games. He'll probably play about 25 to 30 snaps total in this one. He seems overpriced at 4,800. Look, if he has seven carries for his average 40, 30 yards a game, it's not doing much for you at this price tag. Even if he gets in the end zone, even if he has like 20 yards and a touchdown on the ground, are those eight fantasy points at 4,800 doing much for you? Especially if Justin Tucker goes for 10 and Sam Ficken for a cheaper price tag, $1,000 less goes for like six or seven as a kicker. I just find it hard to believe that Gus Edwards' $4,800 tag ends up being paid off in this one unless he finds the end zone and has probably multiple scores on the ground and now my nose Demarius Thomas was originally a yes at 5200 28.8 routes run per game he's just going to face Marcus Peters and Peters has been the number six cornerback in the league according to many key statistical stats and and just yards per route run um, in in overall coverage gradings he's been fantastic Uh, and Demarius Thomas does not have much flash just six receptions per week for 37 yards over the last six weeks on a per average basis um, or three receptions per week uh, for 36 yards so like what you're getting there is pretty much six seven fantasy points per game not great for 5200 on the showdown slate in a brutal matchup Crowder would probably be the one Jets receiver I do get to he probably just has the toughest matchup as well Marlon Humphrey in the slot it's a minus 16% advantage so negative 16% compared to average for Crowder I just lean not to get here if you were to pick a Jets receiver I would pick just a pass catcher Ryan Griffin if he plays if not then I would get to Crowder at 7800 just a steep price point for a spot where Humphreys probably shuts Crowder down more times than not Sam Darnold at 9,800. All the Jets wide receivers have at least a minus 16% or worse advantage, uh, which is not good. $9,800 Darnold is just too much, right? I'm going to play Lamar Jackson. Darnold, if he was 8,600, 8,000 flat, usually they price these quarterbacks down on showdowns for the matchup, but this is as bad of a matchup as it gets. Only on the road with a 14.5 implied total, I'm not paying 9,800 for Sam Darnold. I would have 0%. Robbie Anderson at $9,000 has the best matchup against Jimmy Smith. Even that, though, is a minus 16% matchup for him. 
He's 9,000. Maybe you think that he beats Jimmy Smith in the secondary and Earl Thomas in the second unit. I just don't think so. And this is what you're seeing. I have no interest in the passing game here. So I'm just going with an onslaught. I'm going with Lamar, the kicker, the Ravens defense, and just going with all of these uh, Ravens and just hoping for a blowout as Vegas is predicting. I just don't see how uh, this Jets team moves the ball. If you wanted to go to one Jets receiver, Robbie Anderson is the big play upside guy, but he's also $9,000. I'd prefer Jamison Crowder at 7800 Again, don't have much interest in any of them. All these Baltimore wide receivers, not that great, besides maybe Brown, although Brown is priced up. Sneed, only 15 routes per week, not great. Over the last six games, just 12 receptions for 79 yards and three touchdowns. That's two receptions per week for 13 yards per week. I can't pay $5,000 for that. Blow Powell is unlikely to play as of right now. Ty Montgomery, $3,000. He'll be the backup to Le'Veon Bell. He'll take on the Bilal Powell role of six to eight touches. So maybe you get three receptions there. Maybe he has five, six points, but he's 3000 So he's okay. Maybe I should put him in play as the backup, primary backup in this game. Maybe the pass catching responsibilities are needed a little bit more in this one. He used two running backs on the field at once. At 3000 I think he's at least in play since he's cheaper than the kickers, but you probably get around seven to eight touches out of him, only one to two receptions, and you're left with like five or six fantasy points more times than not. So it's really tough to recommend it. I think he's a low-end option in this one. Jets defense, no way I'm going there when the Ravens are going to run 40 times in this one and probably end up putting up like 30 plus points on them. Uh, it's just tough to go there. <laughs> Again, 14 and a half point underdogs on the road. Probably don't want to play a defense there, especially against a team that just doesn't throw all that often. Seth Roberts, 14.7 routes run per week, just six catches for 67 yards. He's averaging one catch for 11 yards per game over the last six. No, thank you. Miles Boykin runs just nine routes per week over the last six games. So far, he has two catches for 54 yards over the last six games on six targets and zero catches, zero targets the last two games. Justice Hill has played 10 total snaps the last two weeks. He likely sees three touches uh, in this game more times than not for like 10 yards. So no thank you at 200. So that's it. Those are 25 players on the slate that I think are at least worth mentioning. And out of those 25, I think I listed 14 with the late addition of Ty Montgomery as interest. This is a gross slate. I'm just going to go with the Ravens onslaught as Vegas is projecting at home as 14 and a half point favorites. Give me Lamar. Give me the Ravens defense. Give me Justin Tucker. If Ryan Griffin plays, give me him and then just find something else to fill this lineup out. If you really do trust some more things on the Jets like Le'Veon Bell or Anderson for a deep play, go for it. But that's where I'm going right now. Hopefully this helps you. Please do comment down below. Who's your favorite play? Very curious on this slate below $5,000. Leave your Twitter handle. You must be a subscriber or your PayPal and I'll award somebody on Friday in the Friday Friday final thoughts video. Be sure to tune into that. Hit that subscribe button also, again, just to join that contest, but also for, you know, uh, growing the channel here. It helps out reach more people on the audio version. Five-star rating review if you've listened this far. Thank you so much. Check out my exclusive content over on Patreon if you are indeed interested. And if you want 66% off my NFL Daily Fantasy course, let me know in the comments down below and I'll send you the link. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.